Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. Father, we thank you so much that we are a family, Lord. Even though we're a church and we're from so many different backgrounds, God, in you, you tell us that we're members of your family. And we thank you that we can participate today like this. We just thank you for the spirit of family that's here today. And Lord, we pray you would bless every family, every marriage, every parent-child relationship, grandparent relationship, all the different relationships that are expressed here. Pray that you would bless our families and cause us to grow in you. And help us as we study your word today to see what you are saying to us today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. So welcome. If you're visiting with us, it's so great to have you here. Once in a while, about once a month or once every two months, we do a service where the children stay in all through the service. And today is one of those. So if you're a child here and you don't have one of these sheets or you don't have a suite or you want another suite, come up and get, the, get one from here now. That'd be great. So kids, today I'm doing a sermon for the adults, but I'm hoping that it helps you as well. And we're talking about Mary and Martha and the, their brother Lazarus. Have you guys ever heard of Mary, Martha and Lazarus? It was a family, a brother and, and two sisters. They lived in a place called Bethany, and Jesus loved them. He used to go to their house a lot and visit with them and have meals with them and stay with them, and he knew them well, and the Bible says he loved this family. They were very, very close to him, but all sorts of things happened in the Bible to this family. Uh, Lazarus got very sick the one time, and he died, actually, and Jesus brought him back to life. Uh, there was a dinner in their house. There was the time when Mary and Martha were there, and, and Martha was working, and Mary was sitting at his feet. There's a whole lot of stories about them in the Bible, and we're going to look at them. And the, the topic of the sermon today is looking at Jesus' feet. I wonder how many of you kids here, if I said to you, do you know what my feet look like? Anyone here knows what my feet look like? Has anyone seen my feet? Oh, Deanna and Nathan. Great. Okay. <laughs> okay. Judah, do you know what my feet look like? You don't. But Ashley, you do because you're my child. Knowing what somebody's feet look like is a sign of how close you know that person. Isn't that true? If, if, you don't, if you're not a family member with someone, it's probable that you don't know what their feet look like. But if it's your dad or your mum or your brother or your sister, you probably know what their feet look like. And the sermon today is a challenge to all of us to say, do you know what Jesus' feet look like? That's what the topic of the sermon is today. Because there was this lady Mary, out of the three, Lazarus, Martha and Mary, Mary knew what Jesus' feet looked like. And I'm going to go through several stories and tell you. So the first one <clears throat> is in John chapter 11. And the story is that Lazarus is very sick, the brother, and Jesus delays coming. He gets sicker and sicker and sicker. And they sent a message to Jesus. They said, Lazarus, the one you love is sick. Will you come and heal him? And Jesus delayed, delayed, delayed. And eventually he arrived and Lazarus had already been dead for four days. And Martha and Mary were very sad. And in John eleven thirty two, 32, it says, Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. So the first 
thing that we need to know about Jesus' feet, and if we're going to be a real follower of Jesus, not just someone who knows about Jesus or knows his name or knows his face, what he looks like, but if we're really going to get to know Jesus, and this is a challenge for all of us here, do I really know Jesus' feet? The first circumstance where I need to know his feet is when a tragedy has happened and I'm confused. I wonder if anyone here has had a tragedy happen in your life and you say, God, where were you? God, why did this happen? God, how could you allow this? Mary was in that situation. And the first uh, instance is when you're confused and sad and a tragedy has happened. Her brother had died and the Bible says she fell down at his feet. People who know Jesus properly in the, in the time of tragedy and confusion will come to his feet and say, Lord, this is how I'm feeling. She didn't pretend that she was happy. She was crying. She was sad. She said, Lord, why did this happen? If you'd been here, if only you'd been here, then this wouldn't have happened. He would have been healed. We can express to Jesus our emotion, but we come to his feet because we say, Lord, you are still good. You are still God. You know what's going on and you can help me. Is that okay? That's the first one. I wonder if you've been there or maybe you're there right now. Maybe you're going through the valley of the shadow of death where it's confusion and pain. I want to say to you, the place to be, we obviously need all of Jesus, but his feet is where the key area is. We come to his feet. We say, Lord, this is how I'm feeling. And we ask him to help. And Jesus then said to Mary and Martha, if you believe, you will see the glory of God. And then he raised Lazarus from the dead. You know, many people say, if I could see, then I would believe. Jesus said, if you believe, you will see. And that's the word for us today. The first thing is you come to his feet, you acknowledge his Lord, you say, God, I don't understand. I'm confused. I know that if you had stopped this, it would have been stopped. I don't get it. But Lord, I trust you and I worship you. And he says, if you believe, you will see. The second one is um, when I'm busy. Did the word Lazarus come up? Yes. Great. It's working. The second one is when I'm busy. So this little skit that we saw, the story is that Jesus goes to their house for dinner and Martha is busy, busy, busy. You know how some ladies are very good at entertaining and they, they make lots of nice food and they clean the house and they make all the, the furniture look nice and they're just very good at entertaining. And Martha was like that. She was very busy, but Mary just sat at Jesus' feet listening to him talking. And Martha complains to Jesus. She says, Jesus, tell Mary to help me. Has anyone ever been in that situation? I wonder if you're a, a child here and you feel like you're the one who always does all the chores in the house. And whenever mom or dad needs something done, <laughs> sweet. whenever mom or dad needs something done, they ask you and your brother or sister just sits there lazily on the chair watching TV. Does anyone ever feel like that? <laughs> what, about, what about in... In church life, you know, there's some people who get here early on a Sunday and they're busy, busy, busy. And there's others who just seem to just come and just enjoy God. And, and it's possible for us to get a little bit cross with them, isn't it? Anyway, Martha goes to Jesus and Jesus has some amazing words for her. He says, Martha, Martha. You know, when Jesus says your name twice, you know that something important is going to be said. <laughs> He says, Martha, Martha, you are troubled about a great many things, but only one thing is needed. 
What was he saying there? He was saying, you're worried about all these different things in life. You know, I'm talking now to the adults, but the kids, this might apply to you as well. We are so stressed and busy in life these days. We are worried about a great many things. Can anyone agree with me? So many things. We wake up in the morning and our mind is already just clicking and buzzing with this. And I've got to remember that. I've got to do this. I've got to write that down. I've got to think of this. Have I done that? Have I? And we're looking at our messages on our phones. And we're busy about many, many things. And Jesus said only one thing is needed, which is putting him first. But then he said, Mary has chosen the better part. In other words, out of that one thing of putting Jesus first, there's a part that is serving him and doing things for him. But the better part is listening to him and worshiping him. You know, God designed us to live a merry life and then do a few Martha things. What I mean by that is God designed humans to live a life of worship and fellowship with him. And out of that comes a few activities. The better part is the worship, which Mary was doing. Martha was doing the busyness part. But we're supposed to live a merry life with a few Martha things coming out of it. But the problem is we live Martha lives and we try and fit in a bit of merry time every now and again. Is that true? You know, in the Garden of Eden, they walked with God in the cool of the day. They had fellowship with God. They loved God. And in fact, the way that God divides time in the book of Genesis, he says there was evening and morning the first day, evening and morning the second day. It's supposed to start with a time of evening with God where it's dark, there's no electricity, you just have to f spend time with family, with God, worshipping, fellowshipping, relating, and then morning comes where you're busy. But the part of worship is what's supposed to come first. We're supposed to live merry lives, with a little bit of Martha activity coming out of it. And I hope that's a great challenge for you today. Adults especially. Kids, yeah, you just do what your parents tell you. But adults, live a merry, be a merry. And out of that will come a bit of Martha. Amen? It's a massive point, this. I, I, I really think we need to get it. Okay. Number three, in worship. John chapter 12 the story is told of they're having a dinner party and there's all sorts of important people and they're sitting there, Lazarus is there, he's been raised from the dead now and Mary comes in and she lets her hair down and she gets some perfume and she pours this expensive perfume on Jesus' feet. Feet. Notice it's feet every time. So John 12 verse 3 says, Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. This is the third way that we need to see Jesus' feet. So the first is when I'm uh, confused and sad. The second is when I'm busy. The third is in worship. Times like this in church, but also when I'm spending time with the Lord. I need to pour out my love on His feet. And what she poured out was her pride, her treasure, and her love. PTL. I don't know if you know that PTL stands for praise the Lord. That's how you remember what Mary poured out on Jesus' feet. Her pride. She humbled herself. Everyone was being all prim and proper and she made a fool of herself. She let down her hair. She cried on his feet. She didn't, matter, she didn't care what anyone thought of her. She poured out her pride. She poured out her love. She showed him how much she loved him. 
and her treasure, the, the oil that she poured out was worth a year's wages. And if you're a child here, you don't know what that is, but that is a lot of money. A year's wages is a great deal of money. And she just poured it out. She wasted it on him. And one of the disciples, Judas, said, this is such a waste of money. We should have used this money to, to help the poor. And Jesus said, worship of me is more important than helping the poor. And it says the whole house was filled with the beautiful smell of her worship. You know, when one person comes to church on a Sunday, there can be lots of us who are Marthas and we're all busy. One person comes and worships Jesus properly, pouring out their pride, their treasure, their love on him. And the rest of us benefit from the fragrance of his presence in this place. It's a beautiful thing. So we, we're learning how to worship at Jesus' feet so that he's not just a stranger, but he's someone I know intimately. In times of confusion, in uh, times of busyness, in times of worship. The next time is at the cross, where there were many Marys around the cross and there were many disciples. And I believe this Mary was at the cross and she saw Jesus' feet being nailed to the cross. If we're going to be a follower of Jesus, we have to see his feet nailed to a cross for us. Those feet that she had washed and wiped and anointed and sat at, she saw them being brutally hammered with nails and she understood Jesus is paying the price for my sin. I can't pay the price enough for all the things I've done wrong. Jesus' death on the cross, those feet being brutally wounded, pay the price so that I don't have to pay for my sin. Alright, so the word search words so far are feet, Mary, Lazarus, Martha, and Spikenard. Did you get that one? And then cross. Alright, number five. The fifth time that we see Jesus' feet is after he had risen again. Matthew 28 verse 9, it says, And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, Rejoice. So they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. If I'm going to be a follower of Jesus, I need to see him not just as the one who is a good teacher, the one who died on the cross. I need to see him as the risen Lord. I need to see him as the one who overcame death and therefore can overcome every obstacle that could ever be against me. You know, if Jesus can beat death, he can beat the, the relationship problems in your life. He can beat your financial need. He can beat your sickness. He can beat any problem that comes against you because he beat death. And when I see those feet, they, they worshipped at his feet. They clasped his feet that had been punctured, but now they were alive again and they realized this man can overcome anything. So kids, we need to know Jesus' feet in times of sadness and confusion, in times of busyness, in times of worship, when he's on the cross, but also when he's risen again. Number six, we need to see Jesus' feet as he rises up into heaven. Acts chapter 1 verse 9 says, While they watched, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. So they're standing talking to Jesus and suddenly he starts to kind of hover and they think what's going on he's he's hovering above the ground and then he hovers a bit higher and then he's a bit higher and pretty soon at their eye level is his feet and then he goes even higher and higher and eventually goes out of sight into a cloud and all they can see is they're watching him from an angle where they're looking at his feet and suddenly they realize 
He's not just risen again. He's not just conquered death. He's now seated and enthroned in heaven as the king of everything, the king of the universe. We've got to see his feet in that position. There's a, a verse in the Old Testament, Psalm 110, where it says, The Lord said to my Lord, in other words, God said to Jesus, Come and sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Jesus is seated in heaven and his feet are up there in heaven and he's waiting for us with the power that he gives us to put all his enemies under his feet. And when we see him as the king with his feet on a footstool and he's putting his enemies down, that's part of us getting to know the feet of Jesus. You know, there's many Christians who still think of Jesus as a lovely good teacher, as a kind man, as a healer, maybe on the cross, maybe even risen again, but they haven't understood he's the risen king in heaven and we've got a job to do of putting all his enemies under his feet. We've got to go all the way. We've got to see where his feet really are right now. And you know, the, when he sat next to God the Father, God poured oil on him, which is the, the oil that the king, when a king was crowned, they would pour oil on him and it would run down, the Bible says, all the way down his beard, down his robes, all the way to the hem of his garments and onto his feet. And that's what happened at Pentecost. Jesus sat on the throne in heaven, the oil was poured on him and it rolled all the way down and it rolled down to his church and the Holy Spirit came and filled them. And that was the oil of anointing of the the crowning of the king coming down onto his body. We've got to see that. We've got to understand he's not just a teacher from long ago. He's seated in heaven right now and his oil of, of kingship is all over us. The, the Holy Spirit is with us. So far, so good? That's number six. And I've just got one more. So the word spirit was the last one that should have come up. Okay, the last one is... I've got to see myself as his feet. I've got to see myself as his feet. You know, Jesus is now seated in heaven, but he calls us his body, and we are supposed to be his feet now. There's a verse in Ephesians 6 which says, Shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In other words, I've got to now see that I am the one, I am his feet, I've got to be taking the gospel to everyone else. I see his feet in heaven and then I look at myself and I see I am those feet. When somebody is sad or confused, I bring comfort. When somebody's busy, I bring God's peace. When somebody doesn't know the Lord, I tell them about him dying on the cross. I tell them about him rising again, about his Holy Spirit. I am his feet. And they don't worship me, but I point them up to him. I'm the view, they see me and then they see him because I'm his feet. And we've got to be his feet taking the gospel around the world. That's my sermon today, folks. But I want us to just really please think about this. It's all nice to hear a nice little sermon about feet. But I need to ask each one here, and especially the children, but all of us. Do you know Jesus in that intimate way where you can say, I don't just know his face. I don't just know his hand. I don't just know his voice. I know his feet. I've been there in those times of sadness and confusion, in those times of busyness, those times of worship. I've seen him on the cross for me. I've seen him rise again. I've seen him, the conquering king in heaven. I know his feet and I am his feet. And if you can say that, then you'll be like Mary 
And boy, the world doesn't know what's coming when a whole bunch of Marys come out there. So let's pray together. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this beautiful picture of this Lady Mary. And I pray for each of us, Lord, that we would be like her, that we would be able to pour the oil of our love out on your feet in worship, that we would give our lives to you, that we would see you dying for us and rising again, and that we would be your feet to the world around us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.